really? Is this really happening? Are we here at the Everything's Relative podcast? Is it about to launch into the first episode of season four? We are. It is. Hello. I am Eve Sturgis. This is my podcast, Everything's Relative. I have a fun and fulfilling time making this podcast, and I hope that you enjoy listening to it. If you've been around for a while, welcome back. I am forever grateful to anyone and everyone who listens to my ramblings about life and helps me feel and stay connected to the larger MPE DNA discovery community. Here we are again. I was thinking today, remember how in season one I was pregnant and some listeners complained about my breathing? That baby was born and is now two and a half years old. So that's how I'm keeping track of my time and how this podcast is going. How's my breathing now? If you're new here, welcome. Uh, There's a part of me that wonders if I am supposed to suggest to you to go back to season one and start from the beginning, but I am actually not sure if that's the right call. I feel better than ever about this season and like I finally might be confident about what I'm doing. So to me, this is the best season. Don't go back. Or do, if you want to experience the progression. Fall goes as planned. This podcast season four right now is launching in early spring 2022, which I like to call MPE season. Why might you ask? Because if you're new to our world, it could be very possibly Because you were gifted a mail-in DNA kit for Christmas. For the big companies like Ancestry and 23andMe, the holiday season is a hot, hot season for sales. And for those of us who've been around a while know it's a hot, hot season for surprise DNA results. Someone uh, just told me that in the donor-conceived community, February is considered new sibling season. So I know I'm not the only one who saw this pattern and wanted to laugh about it a little bit. If you're new to the podcast, but more importantly, if you are new to your discovery, welcome. Come on in. I imagine things are feeling a bit raw right now. Uh, For that, I am sorry, and I send you my deepest empathy. I hope you find here in this podcast a sense of companionship with all of us who have had the wild experience of discovering that one or both of our parents are not actually our parents. It could be your dad. It could be your mom and dad. It could be there was an affair, donor conception, adoption. There are so many ways this could have happened. We get it. I get it. When I started this podcast, I wanted it to be for people who are not in our position, uh, honestly, because I wanted them to learn about what it's like to be us and navigate these strange waters. I hoped our stories would give people pause before making the kind of decisions that put us in this position. And I still hope for that. I really do. But I also have learned over the past three seasons that what fulfills me the most really is connecting with people who understand my experience like no one else on this planet can. There is a kindredship that I feel with MPEs that I haven't experienced anywhere else. So I have to keep making this podcast because it gives me life and keeps me going. Uh, 
So I hope you find some fulfillment and joy in it too and some comfort knowing that you are not alone. Today, day one, episode one, season four, I'm going to play a talk that I had with these four women who call themselves the Fab Four. They are friends who have come together to be what we call search angels, people who love the data and finesse of genealogy and are willing to help people out using their own research skills. I thought it would be a really good way to start off the season in case you're someone who doesn't know about search angels and are struggling to understand your family tree or find one side of the family or other. And it's uh, it, we just had a really fun time, so I thought it would be a great way to start off the season with a fun one. Um, I don't want to scare off all the new listeners with the heavy stuff right away, you know, because that's there too. But here we are, me and the Fab Four. Let's go. Computer. Uh, and that way, it's just recording. We don't have to worry about it. Um, otherwise, I will forget. And You don't want that. That would be so... <laughs> Super embarrassing when I finish an interview and then I'm like, so I didn't get any of that. Let's start <laughs> over. Um, great. This is so fun to have y'all here. Um, I don't even know. I I'm like, I was about to say, I don't even know where to start, except I know that I sent you an email that was like, let's start with this and then we'll move on to this. But I don't remember what that was. Um, but I'm sitting here now with four amazing search angels who work to get you guys can correct me but work together as a group work individually help one another um and they call themselves the fab four i've been telling everyone all week i'm so excited to interview the fab four um so i have them on today and uh so i have got deb elizabeth larissa and valerie what where are you guys located can you each say where you are are I'm Larissa and I'm in Wisconsin. I am Deb and I'm in Central Florida. I'm Liz and I'm in Colorado. I'm Valerie and I'm in New York. Oh, and so have you have you ever all been in the same place at the same time? Never. Nope. <laughs> have you ever met? Have you met in this in, in real life no, at all? Just on Zoom. <laughs> no. Amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit, we had talked about, uh, what I want to know is how you four got connected. Um, oh, and I also want to know if you are, what your sort of relationship to the like DNA world is, if you are an NPE or an adoptee or anything, or just a, a family tree aficionado. Um, and then how you all met. So I don't know, um, who wants to sort of lead or take over, but, um, just tell me, tell me everything, you guys. Who wants to start? Well, I can start. Um, I'm Larissa, and I was kind of lurking in the background, if you will, at the DNA Detectives page and some other ones. Didn't quite know what it meant to be a search angel. And then Liz reached out to me and kind of took me under her wing and taught me what I know. And then we started doing some cases and then Liz or Val, you want to chime in? Yeah. So I was actually responding to a message that Larissa had posted and she was saying something like, um, you know, she was a really good researcher. And if anyone needed help, like, um, researching certain things on their family tree, she would be happy to help. 
And sure enough, I needed some help researching something because my cousin is an NPE and she found us last year. And I was trying to help her figure out who her bio dad was. Um, she's, well, I shouldn't say she's an MTE, she was adopted. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, well, I just so happens I could use your help. Um, <laughs> so then I got connected with Larissa and Liz because of that. And then we met Deb. <laughs> um, after that happened, she was the fourth person in all of this. So after we solidified my cousin's bio dad, um, me, Liz, and Larissa all just kind of like, you know, we like working together. This has been kind of nice, you know, like we're bouncing ideas off of each other and it, we just kind of clicked. And so then enter Deb, um, who is, is it okay if I share some Deb? Not too yeah. much, but and I don't mind. It's yeah, it's completely fine. So Deb, Deb enlisted our help um, because she found out that her the dad that raised her is not her biological dad. So we were trying mm-hmm. to figure out who he was, and so after solving that, <laughs> you know, Deb kind of felt the same way. She's like, you know, I really like working with you guys. And we're all like, yeah, we really like working with you too. So it just kind of naturally happened. Yeah. Okay. And what, so to clarify, um, you, so, okay. So Valerie, you sort of got like brought into this world because you had a cousin reach out that you, you, your family didn't know about. Yeah. Well, my, it's funny that, so my dad knew about her. So my cousin is my aunt's daughter that she had given Mm -hmm. for adoption. Um, back in the sixties. And my dad knew because he was 14 at the time. There's some Mm -hmm. years apart. Mm -hmm. And so when she contacted my dad on ancestry, (laughs) my dad was her top match (laughs) and he knew immediately who she was. And so he showed it to me and he's like, what should I do? And I was like, Oh, I got this. I was so excited. I'm like, I got a new family. This is fantastic. So I sent her back like this huge, long message. Um, Welcome to the family. Let me give you some medical information. Sorry, you have terrible genes. Like you're going to get everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I... Good news is we are your family. Bad news is everything hurts. You're going to die from a stroke probably. So sorry about that. Mm. Um, So, and then I told her a little bit about um, her mom my aunt, who I absolutely adore. She's amazing, amazing person. And then I called my aunt and I was like, so this happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And wait, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Like, (laughs) like you, how did you, were you, you were already like interested in family tree stuff and ancestry and into all that. Like, how did you, so many people get contacted by cousins or, you know, relatives and don't know that the nice thing to do is to send back an email with a nice message that says, here's your medical history. So how did you were already like in this world? Like a little bit, my dad has really been into genealogy for at least the last 20 years. And so he, okay. His DNA done, um, probably like four years ago. And, um, but he had a big family tree built up and like, so he was really, really into it. And he was actually trying to get me more into it, but I, 
have been interested, especially in like CC Moore and like the Golden State Killer, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. when I got into it. I was like, oh, this is such a useful tool. Like it was kind of like getting the wheels turning in my head. Um, so you like the mystery and the puzzle pieces. Oh, for sure. Like I and, love all Okay. Of so that. this cousin kind of just got lucky that you were her cousin. I'm on it. Okay. So lucky. You got the best family. Um, so I filled her in because I had actually belonged to some of those uh, DNA detective groups and they were talking about like reaching out to family members. So I already kind of had like an idea of like the appropriate response. And I was genuinely pumped to begin with. So my dad had responded to her, but his was very vague in like his response. And I was like, dad, I got this. <laughs> let me, let me like welcome her to the family properly. And so um, I probably spent like an hour and a half typing out this long email, like detailing whatever I could think of as far as like medical and whatever, and giving her a blurb about my aunt. I didn't want to get too personal with that because I hadn't talked to her yet. So I just kind of gave her a rough preview. Um, And then I was just, you know, she probably emailed me back about 10 minutes later and she was like, can we be best friends? <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh my God. I was like, yes, you, brand new you family, are, brand new best friend. This is great. <laughs> yeah. This is, you're like a dream, a dream experience, dream contact. Um, okay. And then you, and then, okay. And then you have continued to work on helping that cousin mm-hmm. expand her family tree and figure out everything. Okay. Yes. And that's the the work that brought you sort of like into this group. Yes, exactly. Okay. Because as much Amazing. as I adore my aunt and my aunt has always been very truthful and like very upfront with stuff, but she's still of that generation where she'll tell you what you want to know, but you have to ask. And mm-hmm. we're both kind mm-hmm. of like, should we ask her? Like you ask her, no, you ask her. Like, we, you know, we were like, well, maybe we can just figure out who bio dad is on our own. Maybe we don't. We yeah. Don't if it makes, if it's upsetting to her or uncomfortable and I mean, ideally you want them to be forthcoming, but at the same time, like eventually we did ask her, you know, just to confirm everything. But, um, you know, at first we were just like, I don't want to like overstep, you know, and Lisa's like, well, I just met her. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't feel comfortable asking that yet. So that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. Okay. So that's, you got into it. And now Deb, you are an NPE. I am. I am. Right. And how? And when did you discover that your father was not your father? So back several years ago, I had um, two aunts that passed away from ovarian cancer, Um, one on my paternal side, one on my maternal side. And I took a 23andMe test um, just simply because I wanted some medical information, didn't care anything about the genealogy. I felt like I knew where I came from. And um, I didn't see a lot of value in it, but I wanted to know if I carried any of the genes that these ants had. So took a test several years ago, nothing came up, completely forgot about it. Um, Fast forward to January of this year, and I had a cousin reach out to me to tell me that he had taken a 23andMe test 
and um, he was curious about some of the matches. He didn't cousins, grow up man. Like, these cousins. Okay. I know. I know. He um, didn't grow up real close to that side of the family. He saw that we were a match, and he and I are relatively close. And he said, "Help me figure out who some of these people are." And I said, "Well, I'm not home right now." I said, "But send me some screenshots, and when I get home, if I can remember my username and password, I'll log into that thing and see if I can help you out." Well, he sent me some screenshots and I very quickly realized um, that my family had some secrets um, that didn't just involve me, but it involved some other people um, in my family. And um, I, I think I pretty much knew and solidified that night based on what I had seen from his matches um, that my birth certificate father was not my father. That's impressive to me that you could look at screenshots from somebody else and sort of immediately I, and, know and what I, kind of. I, and and this is probably all for another episode, but I um I knew very very quickly um I was able to identify three secrets. Wow! Um, oh my very, gosh! We and, definitely and, need to and, make that an episode. <laughs> and and when I tell you secrets, I mean big, big secrets. And the three of them will agree with me. It was um, some life altering things wow. that I realized. And, Jeez, um, and you were just like, send them over. I'll just get home and figure out my password. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I, by the first week of February, I had reached out to Larissa off of a Facebook page. Um, she encouraged me to take an ancestry DNA test, which I did. And um, in the meantime, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm a teacher by, you know, that's my profession. So I'm always wanting to learn and figure out things. So the entire time I was waiting on results, I was researching, you know, how do you figure this out? What, what do these terms mean? What is an NPE? What is a BCF? What is a BF? You know, um, just trying to figure everything out, got my results back, contacted Larissa, um, gave her access to my results. And I said, let's, let's figure this, let's figure it out. And you were specifically, or like primarily looking for who your father was, or just like the, the whole, you just wanted the whole puzzle piece, puzzle pieces. Well, I, I think primarily when I first reached out to her, it was just a matter of figuring out who my birth father was. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't feel comfortable at the time, um, going to my mom. Um, I knew what her personality was like. I knew what her reaction and response was going to be. So I wanted all the balls in my court. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was just kind of my way of wanting to process and deal with it. When I confronted her, I wanted it to be a matter of, mm -hmm. I already know, so you might as well tell me the truth kind of thing. Um, and uh, they were able to, the three of them worked together and they were able to figure it out. I think through them figuring out my case, we solved um, three others within my family um, that were surprises to um, everyone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that's for another episode, mm -hmm, Eve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Way to plant but, an Easter egg. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> check yeah. check well, in well, later for my episode with Deb, everybody. <laughs> it's a really good one, I will tell you. Um and I just, I enjoyed the, I mean, as difficult as it was, because when I say difficult, I mean, life shattering. 
Um, I found all of this out right, be right before I turned 47 years old. And to have lived 46 years of your life thinking one thing and out of the blue, while you're out having dinner with your husband one night, you find out that everything you've thought to be true is not, um, it's tough. So, you know, not only have these ladies, you know, helped me solve some mysteries in my life, they have been wonderful support and encouragement and they have loved me and encouraged me and um, helped me along the way. And I just, I knew that this was something that I wanted to be a part of. I wanted to be a part of what these ladies were doing um, for people. I just, I felt so passionate about it that I knew that I had to get on the train with them. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you did too. Um, Liz, what's, uh, talk to me about, uh, about, about your, like your interest. How did you, your entry? I want to know where, how you got in. So uh, a cousin, um, that's the entry. <laughs> We have a thousand of them. So, um, but I, I have a cousin who is, he, it's always known he was adopted. That's just, um, it's always been a thing. It's never been a secret. My family is, is pretty vanilla and pretty open um, about things, but he, he got to a point um, in his late forties. He wanted to know, Hey, where do I come from? And so I had already taken an ancestry DNA kit or test. And um, so this was about maybe four or five years ago ish. And so he, he gets his matches back and, and he doesn't know, he doesn't know what to do. And so that's when I started doing my research and started figuring things out and asking questions on the different pages. And I, I guess I was bit by the bug. I couldn't stop. And after solving his, I wanted more. I needed more, but uh, I was terrified. Um, I was very terrified because it's one thing with family. It's another when you're dealing with someone you completely don't know. So I made a, a post on one of the many, many pages that I follow. And I asked, hey, what are the conditions? How do I do this? And and uh, someone reached out and asked for help. And I declined. I, was, I told her, I said, I don't, I don't want to let you down. I don't feel I know what I'm doing. And so um, I, I really don't feel you know, that we should move forward. Well, then someone else reached out and said, hey, there's no credentials. Yes, there are places that offer certain things, but really there's no credentials. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to take this case. You're going to help her. And that person became my mentor. Uh, mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, it wasn't until later that we realized that the, that case was actually international. <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, but we did it. And um, it took us a couple of months. And that's where I learned. I still have my mentor. I reach out to um, talk to her about all of my cases She's completely amazing. And so she, um, we solved that case. Um, the, the young lady I helped found her dad. And in turn, he found his dad because he didn't know he was adopted as well. And he um, never knew who his dad was. And um, at 50 years old, he found his dad and his dad was uh, still, still there and excited because we found grandpa, of course, before we found um, dad. So that's how we kind of located dad. He had a son he didn't know he had. Um, so it was an incredible story. And uh, I just, I couldn't stop. I, I wanted more. And Larissa made a post kind of similar to mine. And I, I, when I saw her post, I, I felt, I was like, this is, this was me a few years ago. And I have some cases that I'm working on and you can work on them and you get into a spot where you feel 
this has to be it, or this can't be it. And so you just, it's, it's great to have a second set of eyes on it. Someone to tell you you're wrong or mm-hmm. right. And so Larissa kind of made that post about, you know, how did, how did everybody get into this? I want to do it. And I reached out to say, hey, I have some cases. I need a second set of eyes. And so I just, she and I clicked and she couldn't stop either. I was giving her direction. Hey, look at this, look for this. Um, here's this. And we kind of were working together. We just clicked. And then somewhere along the line, she made another post <laughs> and says, Hey, anybody need help? And then it was a swarm. Mm, and I couldn't say okay. no. She was like, Hey, I have this case, this case, this case, this case, this case, this case. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was, and that's where Val and Deb kind of came in at that point. Um, Cause we, I was like, well, we can't tell nobody. No, like we, we, we don't know everything. You, you never know everything. You're going to continue to learn, but we know enough to give some direction. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I can't, I see yeah. like four, four people from four different, especially cause you're from four different, not just locations, but mm-hmm. it seems like kind of four different walks of life. So what you're looking at, you can all look at the same data, but have different perspectives and different interpretations of what you're seeing. Right. That uh, is amazing. Um, yeah, that that seems like that would really be an asset in this. And Larissa, mm-hmm. how did you get into this? Uh, what interested you? you did, did you do you have a, a, a DNA dis, uh, connection or you just were interested in solving puzzles? I just am interested in solving puzzles. And I always did DNA detective work or not DNA detective work, detective work back when I was in high school due to just some other things I was trying to figure out along the way. And then I took an ancestry test for the fun of it two, three years ago for Christmas, built my tree, started seeing the DNA pages, was interested in what it meant to be a search angel. Liz reached out. I worked on her couple cases with her. We got to a kind of a stall and I put that message out and then we looked over the cases together and Mm -hmm. kind of put them in order of what would be kind of an easier one to start with to build my confidence. And then it just kind of went uphill from there with Lisa or not Lisa, Val and Deb. And here we are, we all kind of bring unique gifts to the table. So yeah. Um, Oh, that's so cool. It's like a, you guys are like a, I want to like a, like, I mean, it's it's sort of just a classic grouping, but like where each person is, is bring something else. Like each person has got a skill to the, to the fight, so to speak. We all kind of complement each other. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I I think it's hard lots of times, you know, and I mean, I think all of us being women, I think we can all agree to this. Sometimes it can be difficult for a group of women, you know, to be able to, you know, work together so cohesively, but Mm -hmm. we do, you know, we, we do it. And I think what helps is that we're all so passionate about Mm -hmm. um, what we're doing and we get so involved with these families, you know, emotionally, you know, forget about the hours of time that we put into these cases. We, we get emotionally attached to these people. So um, we just all work great together. It's, it's Mm -hmm. been a good blend and mix. Very cool. How many cases do you have right now as a group? We're, uh, we're waiting we're, on a couple to come back for, you know, to solidify that we, who we think is bio dad or, you know, something along that lines. But right now we're just trying to tie up a, a really tough um, 
endogamy case that we've been working on for seven or eight months and um, just kind of putting together some pieces and thinking about maybe looking for some different cases. Wow. Okay. Um, is this a good time to talk about how someone would contact you if they wanted your help? Sure. Anyone that would be interested in getting help from us or asking questions or anything like that, we have a Facebook group that we just started. They can find us on Facebook at Genetic Truce. We're just going to kind of just kind of see where that takes us. Genetic truths. Mm -hmm. Yeah, genetic like truths. The opposite uh -huh. of a lie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I heard truce. I heard truce at first. Oh, I was like, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. I just was trying to sort of like be like, okay, so what's the story about a truce? What's a truce? Okay. <laughs> that's that. Flor that's that Florida Southern accent coming out. Yeah. Okay. Genetic. Oh, I see. I even wrote genetic truce down. Yeah. Genetic yeah, truce. Yeah, they can find this on, on Facebook. Um, it is okay. a new page. Um, but we just decided, you know, that would be something that would be helpful for us um, in helping others with, you know, kind of funneling things through one way um, and being able to answer questions. And um, everything we do pretty much is, is as a group, you know, I mean, we do all of our cases together. Um, it's very rare that any of us would pull off and do anything on our own. So it just kind of make is going to make it nice for us having a central location um, for people to contact us and get information and help. Cool. Yeah. And I'll make sure that I put all this information up um, on on social media and the website, you know, all the all the all the places um, so that listeners can, of course, um, go back and find it in other ways if you didn't catch it just now during the conversation. Um, and I actually have a I have a resources for DNA discoveries link on my website. So and I'll put you in there on the spreadsheet um, okay. and, and make sure that people can get a hold of you. And if all of that sounds too hard to any listeners, you can also reach out to me and I will direct you in the right place. Um, so, OK, so tell me about some cases then. Now, I know you you emailed me about one that was extremely exciting recently. Um, so tell me about that and or anything else that's um, that just comes to mind as a great sort of example of what you do and how you work together and how someone could benefit from a search angel. Well, I was just going to say, can we talk about the one that we recently solved with uh, JJ and CC? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's I think a that's, a great one. One. that's exciting. Mm -hmm. So we'll call her JJ. She had posted a post on DNA detectives or somehow connected with me and is 81 years old, was abandoned at years. roughly three days old on a doorstep. And um, she didn't know who her biological parents were, where she came from. So she reached out. I consulted with Liz. And Liz, you go ahead and share your insight as to what you <laughs> um i think we were on the phone um deb and larissa had just recently they um were just wanting to make sure their their i guess ducks were in a row with the case that they had recently um solved so i was kind of looking over it which they did great they solved that one um and so then larissa said hey you know i have this case it's 81 years um you know here's the news article um, it would be a maternal and paternal case. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know what, why not? And so we all kind of agreed at that point, let's let's do this. Um, but let's set expectations, you know, um, we always have to set expectations to um, those we're searching for. 
um, about things like, um, you, you know, we, we may not have that welcome opening, you know, kind of set their expectations. So Larissa, Larissa is our um, people person. That's her superpower. <laughs> she, she can talk to anyone. No one is a stranger. Um, she, she cold calls and does amazing um, at just talking to people and getting information. And so we, we kind of worked on it together. Um, um, JJ, she had already taken a test. Um, so we had some top matches and um, we kind of just worked through the DNA. You know, how many centimorgans? Where does this person go? Where does that person go? And, oh, this is, you know, um, a good thing is she had taken a 23andMe. So uh, 23andMe kind of tells you what's maternal. So uh, right. we were, that was a right. great, that was a great help. And um, there was a gentleman we connected with who was a top match. Um, and he kind of was a, a search angel in his own own way, helping us through it. We all, you know, spoke with him and um, we narrowed down who mom was. Um, wow. We weren't quite certain who dad was at the moment, just simply because uh, this was all uh, was a lot of foreign uh, names. But Larissa had pointed out, hey, I think that mom and dad were married. I'm pretty sure. Look at this. And um, so we, Larissa actually reached out to who we knew was at least a half sibling. Um, and uh, just, does anybody else want to give the punchline here? Because I don't want to take. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. we, um... Larissa reached out, um, we'll call her Cece, mm -hmm. um, reached out to Cece um, and told her that we thought that we had found someone that um, might be a relative of hers. And Larissa just asked her if she would be willing to take a DNA test for us to help this 81-year-old woman who never knew who her family was. Um, the police, you know, back then there, there was no DNA, there was nothing to help this woman. So she had lived 81 years of her life, not knowing anyone. So the woman agreed and we mailed her a test and the waiting started. And I think that was, that yeah. was really hard for us because we really wanted, um, to know the answers to this case. We were really hoping, we were pretty sure she was a half sister. We just, you know, we wanted that that confirmation. We never share anything with families ahead of time on, you know, really exactly what our assumptions are, you know, because we don't wanna get anyone's hopes up. Um, I'll never forget, I was sitting at work one afternoon and my phone started blowing up. I <laughs> Facebook Messenger, text messages, the phone was ringing, OMG texts. Um, we got the results back and we found out that um, not only were JJ and CC sisters, they were full sisters. Mm -hmm. They had the same mother and father. So we were able to. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I've got goosebumps telling yeah, you. I just did too. I just did. Um, <laughs> hold down, hold down my legs. We that were able to, we were, yeah, we were able to find out that, you know, they weren't just half sisters, they were full sisters. And um, we've been able to connect them. You know, I, I think it's a little slow. Um, Cece, the sister that did not know anything, had a little bit of a harder time dealing with it, you know, because she had lived her whole life being raised by her parents. They also had a brother. Um, you know, never knowing that her parents had, you know, had another child, let alone abandoned another child. Um, so they're kind oh, of. What's the age? Well, 
Sorry. What's the age no, difference between JJ and CC? What's the age difference, Larissa? Do you remember? CC is 77 and JJ is 81. Oh, not as large of a, I was expecting a larger spread. So, you know, CC had a little bit of a harder time with it just, you know, because she knew her parents and she couldn't imagine that her parents would have done something like that. So we've connected them and they've spoken on the phone and those type things. So we, we have hopes that, you know, even this late in life, they'll be able to develop some type of a relationship with one another. Mm -hmm. Wow. And how many, um, uh, like woman hours would you say went into that project? <laughs> Everybody's face just Liz, now. Oh. I, I, think, I think I'm going to let Liz maybe answer that one. She's our one that Liz does a great job of kind of recording and logging hours just to kind of have a guesstimate where mm -hmm. me, you know, I think Larissa and I, and even Val, we get so much into what we're doing, you know, we lose track of the time. You know, um, or Liz is a little more on top of that. So how many would you say, Liz? How what do, what do you think the hours were we put into that one? I would say we were well over 300 hours. That's just a guess. I do have a timesheet. I have not figured it all up at the moment. 300 hours? It, it's well over because we how many months did we spend on that? We solved that in like eight weeks. Yes. So and it was between all of us. We sat there and just we were bouncing ideas off each other because the paternal side is much, we only had one paternal line there. That's all. We had all four maternal lines and we had one paternal line to go off of. And everyone is from Poland. So um, we sat there bouncing off theories, making it make sense um, mm -hmm. on the phone late at night in through Facebook messenger, through group texting, just kind of bouncing, you know, theories and ideas. And maybe his name changed when he came over. And, you know, so it was, there was, a, there was probably, I would say, a, I mean, that's just a guesstimate. Um, we, we put a lot of time into just sitting there and, you know, notes and Right. And do you all, do, how do you all, when you're all working together, do you, you turn on like a zoom call and you're all looking at, at the computer sort of together and chatting or. Um... We, do, we do do that sometimes. Um, lots of times we use um, Facebook messenger. We'll just message back and forth. Sometimes it can be a challenge because with the exception of Val and I, we're all in different time zones. I mean, I was yeah. just thinking that, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're different states, different time zones. Um, you know, two of us work full time. Um, you know, so sometimes that can be a challenge. We do a lot of texting, a lot of Facebook messenger. Mm -hmm. And then when we get to points that we feel like we're really getting close and we really need to spend some time together, we will zoom together. You all get on, right. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, and sometimes okay. we just like to see each other, you know, yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> just like to be together. Okay. So you brought, you brought up that, uh, two of you have full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're a teacher. Yep. I'm a right, teacher. Deb, and then uh -huh. who? Who else is, what else is everybody doing with their days? Liz? Yes, I'm human resources. So that's what okay, I do. Human resources. Yeah. And then Valerie and Larissa, do you have other um, like focuses, whether it's full-time job or not? I'm a stay-at-home mom and I sub at the public school system once in a great while. That's a full-time job. Both of those. <laughs> yeah, definitely it is. Yeah, I'm a I'm a full time mom also, and I help take care of my parents. My dad's a paraplegic, so 
um, I'm constantly over there helping out wherever I can too. So very full day. Okay. You always have very full days. So, so you're, you're, you're all fully occupied as already. Mm -hmm. And then you on your own dive into these, um, mazes kind of or labyrinths that you're all working together to get through and um correct me if i'm wrong and i just want to clarify search angels you do not charge a fee this is all stuff you just are doing for fun as volunteers from your heart Mm -hmm. correct love to do it yep that's amazing that's really amazing um and I, I've, I mean, I've, I've known that and I've, I've talked with other search angels, but every time it's just, um, it really amazes me. And, and I just, I can't, <laughs> I kind of can't fathom not get like, I just imagine that you're not sleeping very much and I can't, I just can't put myself in your shoes. Um, can't sleep when you have a case yeah. and it's like just running through your head. Uh, Val just had one. Um, which we we were all assisting. Val took the lead on this one, uh, the endogamy case. Oh, oh my God! You can't sleep when you. Sometimes you're laying in bed and you're like, you know, what? I can't sleep anyways. So <laughs> might as well. Yeah, the case is on the computer. Yeah, I want to hear about that case, but I I, I want to hear about the the case that that Valerie had. But I also I just was just occur- occurred to me part of the brainstorming about the hows and the who's of everybody has got to also be um it's got to demand a lot of like cultural education too it does right like you've got to know like when you talked about the polish family you've got to you've got to know about immigration and you've got to know about what's happening at ellis island or wherever and you've got to know about what was going on with different families or what religions were affecting or why choices to give up a baby would what, would yeah. have made sense or not made sense. Um, so I, I think that's really interesting that that so much of it is so much of it is data. You're looking at data, but you're also weaving and and sort of like digging through um, papers, human nature, right? What was happening in 1938 in Poland that would make someone just a, a whole family migrate? Um, right. researching that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, finding out what was going on his history, um, not necessarily related to the family, but what was going on in that area. Right. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I can guess pretty quickly what was going on yeah, in 1938 in Poland, but <laughs> yeah. I can see others. Yeah. I can see other times being, a, being yeah. a, a harder or a more would take more research. Um, yeah, that's so, that's so, uh, that, that's really interesting to me is sort of digging through what was going on for hu- the human condition at that time would change from family to family or region to region. And you um, learn so much, you know, I mean, it, even outside of the, you know, genealogy aspect of things, you know, I think we've learned so much culturally and historically, you know, about different things, just, you know, depending on the time era and things that you're focusing on. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. So tell me about this other case. Oh my goodness. It's a maze. It's a big, <laughs> that was incredible. Big <laughs> but it's been one of the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. So Val, jump in because she did take the lead on this and we all helped along the way, but she was the mastermind to come up with. Val's focus on this. Incredible. We'll call the person that we were helping, we'll call her Gigi, right? Let's just stick with that. (laughs) Um, So Gigi um, was 
she, her mom had died when she was a teenager and her mom was kind of a wanderer, right? Like, so she just kind of bounced around from place to place. Her mom's family was part of the Mormon church. Um, her third great grandfather was one of the founding members of it. He had nine wives and he had 59 children. So huge, huge, huge family on the mom's side. Dad's family was enormous as well. And her top four matches on the paternal side were either adopted or NPEs. So we had to solve all of those just to figure out who dad was. <laughs> and why and why was um, Gigi, why did she reach out? What was she interested in? Well, she never knew who her father was, um, oh, she knew, okay. like the person that was on the birth certificate was not her dad. And like, she always kind of knew that. And her mom, because she had died when Gigi was about 13, um, you know, she never could really ask her any questions. And because she was kind of estranged from the family, nobody really knew. I mean, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lots of lots of secrets <laughs> oh my goodness I could write a book on this um so yeah Gigi's top matches were all NPEs or adopted and <laughs> it was a lot to untangle because there's so many that were related on both sides that were related to mom's family but and like to a lower match on her family and I'm like this is this is going to take forever to solve. And it took probably like six months or so to solve it. And are you using, um, are you only on the computer or like note cards and post-its going up on a wall? Everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I couldn't do it without, I think. I a big whiteboard back here. <laughs> oh, a big whiteboard. Of course. That's okay. for me. Yeah. I have to draw it. I'm a picture learner. Yeah. Right. That's how I am too. So I was just like only being able to. So I definitely draw it. stuff out. Um, I'm on the computer, like I, anything I can to basically visualize what's going on. And um, so basically her, her entire family. So we know that it's funny because in this scenario, we actually found out who her birth father was before granddad. Um, mm. Because her birth father is an MP, of course, <laughs> because everybody is an MP, it seems. <laughs> um, so we had found a half sister for her, and that's how we confirmed who her bio dad is. Um, and so she's met her half sister. And like, I, have been like ugly crying every time I get an update because I'm just so excited for her because she always wanted a sister and she mm. finally has that. And mm-hmm. it just keeps getting wilder and wilder. The more layers I uncover because on the dad's side, um, they came over from Scotland. So he was, um, granddad was first generation, but over in Scotland, they had a different name. So they changed their name when they came to the States. So it was like all of the Scottish family only had this family up until a certain point. And then it was like, they dropped off the face of the earth. And so then I found them in the States and 
It's just, it's wow. so many layers and they, everyone had so many kids. <laughs> it's like, and then once one wife died, they just remarried and then they had more kids and backup, backup wives. I mean, that's, and grandma was also first generation, but her family came over from Italy and her family was kind of unique in the sense that they all came over at the same time, but they didn't end up in the same area. So one, one of them, one branch ended up in Ellis Island and then the other branch came up through New Orleans and then through Arkansas. And then they didn't reunite until later. And then, so I'm trying to figure out like each there's like 14 kids and then all of them had like nine and 10 kids and married multiple times. And it was just like, (laughs) that's like entire villages of people. Yes. There she's did you have, do you also have big maps up? Uh, <laughs> do, you have to, do you also like do you have to have I just just now talking about I don't know I feel like there also should be there also would be like a lot of geography pins getting bumped around to try and yes. piece it yes. together. You know this this story was so awesome though because these sisters have actually met. Mm-hmm. Um they they we were able to connect them and they Um, the sister that we found traveled across country, um, and they have got to spend time and vacation together and they've made a wonderful wonderful connection. How, how old are they? Um, Larissa, I'll let you answer that one. I don't, Larissa's good at remembering that. I want to say Gigi is 65 and I'm not sure how old half sister is. I want to say 73, four-ish, maybe. So not, you know, not not astoundingly elderly. Um, oh. No, and okay. The, and the, the cool thing about finding the half-sister for Gigi is before half-sister's results were even back, she had booked a plane ticket to fly across country to meet Gigi before the results were even in to confirm that she was a half-sister. Because she, she already knew said, they were related. Yeah. Right. I mean, okay. she, she, already, knew. she knew there was a relation and thought that, and that there was enough was for her. There was a relation there. Yep. That was enough for her. She knew that in some way, you know, they were, they were related. Um, obviously, you know, we, we want to solidify things and we always want people to take that test so that we can solidify and confirm it. But um, half sister knew that in some way she was related and she was going to meet her either way. Um, and then in the meantime, results came back and we found out that they were half sister. So it was, wow, it was that's a, really sweet. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> really sweet. What is the hardest part about being a search angel? Do you think? So the hardest part from, for me that, and I experienced it in Gigi's case, um, one of the people that I helped along the way who was adopted, um, they, I basically had to solve theirs in order to get closer to, you know, Gigi's answers. And I was so excited that they wanted my help with this and that they were going to collaborate and share info that I didn't do the due diligence in preparing them for what if the results are not pleasant. And so Mm. it turned out that this person was the product of incest. And I, it's still really 
gets me to this day because like, I just felt like I, I should have prepared. I was so excited. I was so excited to talk to this person. They were so anxious to get some answers. Um, and we clicked and they were so, so nice and so helpful. And, um, I just didn't stop to think, wait a second, like (laughs) this could go badly. Um, so delivering that news to the person was the hardest thing that I've had to do. Um, I was just so beside myself because like, I just felt I let them down by not doing the due diligence in preparing them for a potentially bad outcome or an unpleasant outcome. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was definitely, that was the hardest part. Um, Because when you see something like that, your heart breaks a little bit, you know, because it's like, what did this, you know, what did that parent endure? What, you know, like the things that um, they went through just to get to that point. And then, you know, we have so much empathy for the people. We get so involved with the people that we are looking into and the families that we're researching. It's like, uh, you know, like that's still like a void in my heart. Like I feel so much for that. I have so much empathy for them. And like, I just want to like give them a hug and be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. do that, you know? So, and, and that's something that actually we're going forward. We're really making a point to let people know in advance, like this could be answer. So if, if this is something that we find, do, do you still want to know, or do you want us just to leave everything alone? Um, and we're giving people that sort of option ahead of time. So lessons learned. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was the that was definitely the hardest thing that I've had to experience. Right. I think for me, I think for me, the hard part is, um, and I think because I've lived it, you know, I've I've walked in many of the people that we work with. I've I've walked in their shoes, and um, I've had the opportunity to walk alongside of several people that, um, you know, how do you explain to somebody? how to grieve something that they never knew or that they never had. And obviously I don't have that kind of degree or, you know, background. I just try and share, you know, my, what my experience has been and um, how I try and get through it. And, you know, the girls will tell you some days are better than others. I mean, some days I, I mean, I still have really bad days. I mean, I'm 10 months into this process and I'm still trying to, figure it out and understand how to process it and deal with it. So for me, that's been the hardest part is handling all of my emotions and everything I've had to deal with. um, But at the same time, trying to help the people um, that we're working with. So that's, that's been my biggest challenge. Yeah. I imagine that depending on what kind of variables each person comes across, it would be triggering in different ways for different people. Um, Yeah. So it sounds like the emotional connection is what's harder, harder than piecing together sentiment. Oh, I, I would definitely say that. I mean, I think it's harder than the, you know, the hours that we put in or, you know, the time that we pull away from our families or anything. I mean, we we all get really emotionally involved and invested in these things. I mean, otherwise, why would we do it for fun? you know, um, but it does it. And we've all dealt with it. We've all dealt with different, you know, people that we worked with that, you know, 
some of them pull on some of our heartstrings a little more than others. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's definitely the toughest part. Wow. That's so interesting. Um, is there anything else you want me to know, or you wish I had asked about your life as, as search angels, as your friendship, as your group, uh, for people that want to reach out to you? I think it's just important to kind of know that like we do bounce ideas off of each other a lot. Um, but sometimes like we will kind of take smaller cases and that doesn't mean that like we, um, we don't still like kind of bounce off ideas and get a second set of eyes on it, but we really like, at least I know I personally really like the more difficult, like the challenging stuff, you know, if, People have told you in the past, I'm sorry, I can't help you because of endogamy or because of whatever, like those are the type of things that really we thrive off of. And I think because there's so many different eyes looking at it and we're able just to kind of see different things from a different point of view, it really helps us break through some of those brick walls where other people, if it's just one person looking at things, it would be overwhelming. Um, you know, right. So even if you've been, even if, even if other search angels or people helping have, have felt discouraged or given you discouraging info news in the past, it doesn't hurt to go ahead and, and touch base with you because you guys might be bring a whole new, a, a new, a new research skill set to mm -hmm. the, to the. Yeah. That's absolutely true. I mean, the case that we solved of the 80 year old woman, um, she had worked with someone else that, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reasons, you know, unfortunately, um, wasn't able to help her solve her case. Um, you know, and like I said, I think there were various things involved in why that happened. Um, you know, I think with four of us, it kind of, you know, I mean, there's four people, you know, coming up with different ideas and mm -hmm. working on things. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most important things that we all feel is um, everyone deserves to know their truth. You know, Agreed. Um, yes. I mean, we, we all agree with that, that no matter what, everyone deserves to know their truth and how they write their story and what they decide to do with it is completely up to them. Yeah. Yes. Completely agree. And I think another thing for NPEs or adoptees or whomever is to um, go into this with an open mind, have no expectations and understand that you are not a secret. Um, people are not secrets. And so you shouldn't be uh, kept that way. And that's how we kind of operate is we're, we're looking for the truth and um, you know, and we pick up lessons along the way with each case, there is a new lesson that we get um, and we kind of incorporate that to set expectations uh, for helping others, but um, also that, we're looking for the truth and, and that's essentially what we're going to get uh, to the end until the end. We'll, we'll keep searching. We like the harder cases. That's what we like to do. Um, they take a little bit more time, um, but uh, we also make bonds along the way uh, with uh, we've collected so many, so much family that isn't biologically family, but they are family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. That's just wonderful. That is wonderful. All right. Well, gosh, ladies, um, thank you so much for spending some time with me this morning. This was really fun. Um, I, yeah, I just, I just, uh, I think you guys are, I don't know, you're a fun, you're a fun group and you're, and you all have your heart in the right place and you're working together. It's just gonna, it's just, it's really lovely.
See? Weren't those ladies a fantastic way to start off the new season? A huge thank you to the Fab Four for spending some time with me, sharing stories, and helping me understand their lives as search angels. And more importantly than all of that, of course, is thank you for all of the hours you put into helping people find their truths. It is so awesome that you are so generous with your time because you think something is interesting and fun, <laughs> because it brings life-changing truth, fulfillment, closure, and answers to people. So hey, it's just you and me again. I hope you enjoyed your time with Everything's Relative. I try to make sure there's a new episode coming out every Friday. If you have a story you want to share on my podcast or with me in an email, please contact me ASAP, eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com. You can find me on Instagram at everythingsrelativepodcast. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Everything's Relative Podcast. Um, this is a listener-supported podcast, which means I need you to help me keep this project alive. I'm sorry to sound like your local NPR station, but that's where we're at, people. If you are feeling generous, please go to my Patreon account and think about pledging a little bit of money each month, as little as $1. Less than a dollar, if the website will let you. I think it will. I'll send you goodies. I'll invite you to special events and just be grateful to you from the bottom of my heart for the rest of my life. If you're feeling creative... Go review the podcast on whatever streaming platform you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts or something like Google Play. Leave a note about what you heard. Give me a star rating. And hey, it doesn't have to be nice. We really do want to know what you think. So you can give me your honest opinion. I can take it. I can take a low star rating. For me, honestly, making this podcast is not a low star experience. See how I did that? I give being the host of this podcast a five out of five star score. I love doing this. I love being here. I love meeting people, love listening, and I love knowing I'm not alone with my DNA discovery, just like you are also not alone. I'm Eve Sturgis. This is Everything's Relative, and I hope you come back next week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to turn the lights off when you leave the room. Bye-bye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Eve Sturgis and Kaylin Egan and edited by Joy Rumel. Logo designed by Ivy McNally and music is used with permission from Goodbye the Band. Eve is a licensed psychotherapist, but her podcast episodes are not therapy sessions. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrow's will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder I than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>